0: Saturday, February the 17th. Welcome to Shh, The Adults Are Talking. So, last mm. week we were talking about Tucker and his interview with the lad. And after we had this conversation, we um, listened to Constantine's um, thing about it um he had a thing on trigonometry and we listened to that and he sort of said sort of you know what we said like okay well you know what's wrong with you know just letting you know just just letting the person talk and just you know whatever right some people thought that oh Tucker's a bootlicker blah 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 and he's just being a a pun for you know or simp or whatever he's being like an agent for Putin and, oh, you know, he just let Putin go on and on with his ridiculous, you know, um, alternative Russian history and shit like that. But like, maybe that's, like I said last week, maybe that's not a bad way to do journalism. Maybe the way to for us to understand who this guy is is to see him at work. I don't know. So, but since then, what's happened? Death, What's me-
1: happened? Death, mayhem, and destruction. Um, Woohoo!
0: <laughs> so, you know, well, Tuck, uh, Tucker is in the store, and I don't know what the name of the store is. Adley, I think it was, marvelling at some like, mundane thing like paying for your shopping cart, which I'm not sure what reality Tucker Carlson lives in. I don't know how things are done in the States, but, um, like, you know, it's been, le- like... I want to say dude it's been like 10 years maybe like 15 years since we've had like put your your quarter or your you know dollar coin in the shopping cart before you can take it But anyway, I thought that was a bit amusing that he was like marveling over that. And then he was like in the store sort of being like, look at the store and look at there's like what and people were like being like, wow, Tucker, do you not get out much? And he was like, look at how great the subway stations are. And (laughs) You know, totally like it's almost like, wow, did did you just like did you just let Tucker out? Like has he not like how I would have thought he's a bit of a worldly man and he's traveled some, you know. We're talking, like,
1: we're talking about but, a man who obviously has a lot of personal assistance. <laughs>
0: I don't know yeah i guess these are people that don't do anything for themselves they don't like mm. i mean i'm judging maybe he does he seems like a regular guy he seems like a guy who what does pumps his own mm. gas but maybe that's part of his brand i mean who like mm. i don't know everyone's just so full of shit it's hard mm. to know what's and going it's on like, it's
1: like trying to imagine donald trump going to the local grocery store to pick up craft dinner you know i mean <laughs> you know it's just like it ain't gonna happen
0: yeah it's like wow really like how do i do that even like you know like i was this some of this other research that i won't mention um but this other stuff that i'm doing involves like aristocrats that have fallen from grace shall we say okay they fell on hard times but these people had like a gardener and a hairdresser and secretaries and maids and all this shit and then the thing happened and then like they just went poor and so you know the wife is you know being like wow like i don't even know how to write a check (laughs) yeah that's kind of like that you know i don't know these people are like so out of touch it's weird. So I don't know if Tucker's like evolved into one of those creatures, but it's just, it was really weird to see him being like, oh, okay. He's in the store and he's totally doing that. Right. And people are just getting more and more like what the hell Tucker, what's going on, you know? And uh, then all of a sudden this news comes the news of uh, Navalny. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, he, I haven't heard that much Everyone's totally uh mocking him for having gone and you know saying, see, you can't trust, you know, the Russians and, and whatever. And then- well,
1: it's, it's like I said, you know, Putin is like the natural uh he's like the natural kind of um what do you call it? The uh, uh you know he's Stalin's protege. that's what he. oh he's the
0: natural successor yeah that's what Uh, you said yesterday you said he's like the natural successor to Stalin yeah
1: and for all the ruthlessness and you know
0: and like because Stalin didn't care I will listen to that um dictators I've listened to like a really like like really in-depth thing of Stalin and the 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 thing that makes a person of a, a leader like a tyrant like stalin effective at tyranting if you will i just made that where mm-hmm. up, um is the fact that like they don't value life like he was like oh yeah that's just collateral. he would be like that's just collateral damage like that's just you know oh how uh, you know a thousand people had to die for that oh okay whatever all in a good cause you know it's Mm -hmm. like when you're at war and oh yes that's a shame all that whole unit died Well, they died for their country though we'll remember them we'll put poppy on and stuff you know i don't know i mean maybe i'm being a bit facetious and people are gonna hate me or something but i mean from their perspective that's how i'm thinking about it they don't see it any differently they see that as being like the nobility and people dying for the country and shit. and that's like so i think putin sees it the same way oh this is just you know another one for the team whatever all in the all in the cause of you know the great you know the great imperial russian russia right i mean we all know that's bullshit but that's what all these shitty men do like you know the guy, the men in the fucking vatican who you know had to do these terrible things and they said oh but i'm doing it for the church and shit. I mean, I don't know how you rationalize abusing a bunch of people and running away from the law as helping the church or whatever country, just like I don't imagine rationalizing, you know, killing somebody for your, like, your opposition leader because he, like, said a thing about you. I don't imagine that's good for the country, but, you know, I'm not a deranged, <laughs> not a deranged psychopath, so I, I don't know.
1: So, uh, so I wonder, if you, if you oppose Putin, is it possible to die of natural causes?
0: Probably not.
1: You really? know, I mean, yeah. look
0: at like right how yeah. the people that just they don't last around him, like yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, and the, and this and this, this is the guys, the poor guys, you know. F- it's not the first attempt to kill him, you know, No, no. and, and the, he was poisoned at least a couple of times, you know, before this.
0: Well, and we all watched like Venanko die. I mean, that was a horrible, horrible mm-hmm. way that he died like his organs like disintegrated or some really terrible thing I heard like it was an awful, really painful way. You know, and that guy made a decision not to hide his face. You know, the other people they showed the thing, right? Litvinenko, you know, wrote the book and he did a bunch of stuff against against um Putin and other people were like trying to, you know, be clandestine about it and hide their identity. And he and he was like, no, I'm just going to be who I am. And then like he paid for it, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know if we're trying to fight fascists and we're trying to fight dictators that's t- doing it right i mean how other way do you fight a dictator other than like run into them and like you know when you watch these scenes and like game of thrones or um you know the uh tolkien sh- stuff and you've got like the whole like cgi war scene and you've got like you know all these men or creatures like running into each other that's kind of like what this is Like it's self-destructive but like how what are you gonna do sit there and (laughs) cower under the fascists forever
1: well i don't know that's what gave us world war ii but ultimately like all these nations who who are geared towards peace you know and uh war came upon them (laughs) from a great height
0: yeah but you know like how do you fight fascism and the thing is okay so now people are like like I don't know how okay Tucker is just I don't even know what happened there like like how that happened you know it's probably like there's no connection it's just like a series of unfortunate events or something Mm -hmm. um and like I don't know everyone's like oh you're a traitor and stuff I don't know I maybe he just I don't know I'm like I think I'm past that I'm not going to like judge him and say oh you're a bootlicker." and it's like I'm not sure how Tucker Carlson interviewing Putin like has anything to do with Navalny dying like if that mm. like was happening I think that those are two different timelines I don't like I don't know maybe I'm wrong I'm you know if there's evidence I'll be you know whatever but Mm. like i feel almost like that's like tinfoil hat shit you know when you start connecting all these things like people like really just want this guy to be i mean he is i mean we don't need to make up shit about him (laughs) like he's like he is he's evil like he's Well, not evil but he's just really he's cruel yeah he doesn't care
1: well like i said he's got he's got a long list of names on a a piece of paper and he's checking them off
0: exactly Mm -hmm. like you know he's like aria you know yeah
1: At some point, there's going to be somebody dying who crosses Putin's path, you know?
0: Exactly. Like, that's just, I don't know. And so, like, it's really funny. I see all these people, you know, oh, yeah, you know, Putin's responsible and, you know, stuff like that. And everyone's freaking out and shit. Excuse me. And I'm just like, okay, well, you know, like, this is really interesting because there's like the bad tyrant and the good tyrant Mm. in this Western you know like specifically like america's but you know it's like okay well you just forgot that you were basically like holding peace talks you know for the normalization of israel and the rebuilding of gaza and all this stuff with like the killers of jamal khashoggi which who you just basically gave a pass to and who like they have like thwarted any attempts to hold you know take responsibility and they like you know it's like okay so like I don't understand like i don't see these i don't see these two regimes as being like any different from one another i think putin and and mbs are like e- equally like tyrannical and terrible to their people like i don't know like like i just want to say okay like where's Jane al-haflul who is the woman who who was put in jail because she lobbied to have the right for women to have a right to drive in saudi arabia and to get rid of the chaperone thing and she was put in jail for like several years and she was tortured and threatened with rape and she was sexually assaulted and then when she was let out of jail then she was put under house arrest and she's not allowed to go anywhere and i think her internet um you know activity is being like curtailed and stuff and it's been like like five years or like three years or something it's like she can't Go anywhere, you know, and Khashoggi was killed. And it's like, okay, like, wow, you're totally and there's other people, like, you know, there's like they they infiltrated like Twitter, you know, they got into like from the back door of Twitter and they were like stalking people. And some guy who was a dissident who lives in Norway had to fucking go into fucking police custody in Norway because the fucking sods were after him. Like, I'm sorry, I must have missed the fucking Americans and everybody and their goddamn dog coming out and being like, oh yeah, that's really terrible that Yadi El baghdadi um, you know, a Palestinian refugee living in Norway had to go in hiding because the fucking kingdom of Saudi Arabia is trying to kill him. You know, this guy who was radicalized, who's a recovering radical with, you know, a young family Probably doesn't need to be like having the fucking kingdom of Saudi Arabia after him because he's like critical of Saudi Arabia. I mean, oh, okay. Yeah, we just totally know. Probably people don't even know what I'm talking about. The see, like the Americans are in bed with that shit. America's in bed with Saudi Arabia. And it's like, oh, but you know, Vladimir Putin over there, who to me, I'm sorry I when you take away you know the uh Arabic dress and you know all of the fancy cultural shit to me that Vlad and MBS they look like it's like the same shitty man right so Mm. I don't know like what the like I'm stupid I guess I don't have enough PhDs to make me dumb enough to understand why one fascist is okay and the other fascist is not okay like yeah
1: the same with Ivan I mean America's about Look what Iran's doing to women's rights. Look look what uh, they're doing to uh, human rights. And Saudi Arabia's doing exactly the same things.
0: I had this conversation with Safi. Remember Safi? Yeah. And I said, and he lived in Saudi Arabia. And I said, Safi, you know, this is such bullshit. The way America is totally manipulating this sectarian war that's happening in Islam. I said, you know, we have one foreign policy for Iran, the Shia, you know, extremists, and we have a total nether policy for, you know, the Arab tyrants, which is like the Sunni, you know, extremists. I mean, you know, they're the same. You know, like Saudi Arabia, I haven't looked at the statistics lately, but, you know, if you look, you'll probably see that the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is like in the leading, you know, like competing with China and shit like that for like executions. Okay. They're not good people. They're. It's like, there's no freedom there. Like we know the story from the dissident, the movie on Apple, a fucking Netflix and nobody wanted to stream that shit because everyone's so fucking scared of that guy that nobody wants to show anything that fucking cast him in a bad light. But go and look at that shit. The dissident that talks all about the kid who lives in Montreal, who the the Citizen Lab or whatever they're called. They're like, hey, you know what? You like your phone has been, uh, like, you know, he had this Pegasus thing. They were tracking like Pegasus spyware on this guy's phone, and he was being like tracked by the kingdom because he's like, you know, a saw Saudi Arabia, and he was like, you know, for reform and stuff, and trying to do it from outside the country, but they were like tracking him and stuff and this was all around the time you know when they had like infiltrated twitter remember that when they came, went mm-hmm. through the back door and shit yeah yeah it's like and that's like a fucking american company hello twitter that's like yeah that's what saudi Arabia infiltrated twitter to try to you know spy on dissidents but oh that's okay they're an ally now but oh this guy over here who we know I mean, he's been in power for 25 years and he was the fucking head of the KGB, okay? Like, it's not a secret. If you're surprised by what happened, I mean, I think you're a bit dumb. Okay. I think you need some cornflakes or something. I don't know. But I don't know. I just think I just, I'm like, I just call bullshit. Like, I just think this ideology now because to me, all of these three men, the fucking Supreme piece of shit, that guy, fucking MBS, any other guy, Vlad the Impaler. I don't know. I think these are the same. <laughs> That's under the hood, they're the same shitty man.
1: Yeah. But uh, I guess the difference is, is you know, but Vlad is coming from pop, you know, from the poor, bad childhood, poverty, megalomaniac territory. Mm. Well, you know, in Saudi Arabia, we're coming, we've got a despot who's coming from overprivileged and immense riches and you know i can do whatever the fuck i want you know (laughs)
0: exactly and i don't even know what the other guy i don't know anything about the Khomeini guy i have no idea what how what his origin story is but i can just imagine the fucking Lula culture of like you know whatever being like the supreme you know all their like rules of their elite you know the the you know the the clerics and they're all they're dumb it's kind of an elite thing but yeah like Vlad had like a really like I was I was looking that up did we talk about this I'm just gonna mention it again it's worth mentioning again like Vlad was born in like you know in the early fifties, when there was like abject poverty, there was like rats and, you know, corpses on the street. And, you know, it was really, people were starving. Child and infant mortality rate was really high. People were eating rats. People were eating like dead corpses. His parents had lost two children. He was the third child. And his parents were like, fuck this. We're not gonna love this kid. So um, I think he got farmed out to like an orphanage or something. He was an unruly, holy terror. He was violent, vile little shit. And he ended up in Dovey and he decided he would become a KGB guy. Um, And one horrible story I heard was that his uncle, you know, there were times were so hard that the infant brother that came, that died before he, you know, or some, when he was young or something like that, an infant brother, Um, they tried this thing where they like tried to boil the kid to make gelatin or something like that because apparently that's how you make gelatin is from like bones boiling or something like that anyways that's a horror story I you know heard and that sounds like unbelievable but I mean times were really hard right after the war you know Stalin wasn't good to his people and you know Not that that's an excuse, that this is none of this is an excuse and I'm not glorifying. I'm going to say that because people are stupid and they have trouble, um, you know, understanding the fact that when you try to humanize a bad person, you're not actually justifying the bad things that they did and you're not, you know, glorifying or romanticizing the bad things that they did. You're just trying to understand what makes them tick. So that's where I'm coming from. Just gonna say that out loud. I'm not like a bootlicker. Please do not call me a bootlicker. I'll have to hurt you <laughs> if you do. Anyway, um, like, like what do you expect a person like that to be? Where would he learn the moral values? Where would he learn to be a human being? His parents decided they weren't gonna love him. He grew up in a loveless world where everyone was miserable from the war and starving and shit. When your basic needs aren't being met, you tend to be a bit of a prick. And if you happen to be a kid around a bunch of adults who have hella fucking trauma from a bunch of war and shit that they lived through, you know, probably your childhood's not gonna be the greatest. So, I mean, you know, I'm not sure what we can expect from from Putin. I don't, I don't know what anyone's like really expecting from him. <laughs> like, like I don't know how to more clear. I can make it. Like, I don't know. What do you expect? He's like he like we he's been he's been in public a world like fascist you know tyrant for the fucking 25 years. Like I don't know. What do you, what do you want? Like
1: <laughs> my favorite photo of Putin has to be the one where he's a, he is a KGB agent. Who, who was tasked to harass Ronald Reagan on his tour of Russia, oh wow! And, and there's photographs of him looking very normal with a camera around his neck in the in the crowd, and and his sole purpose was to harass Ronald Reagan.
0: Like you know, they're this is like you know that's it. These are like the masters of mind fucking. Like the Russians are like one of the like inventors of mind fucking i mean the uh, the the whole trope you know for our listeners the whole trope of the jews are taking over the world and shit that's a fucking russian trope that comes from even before the bolsheviks that was like a fucking czarist Thing that was floated the fucking protocols of the elders of zion and uh you know the palestinian uh dude who's like the F- Mahmoud abbas or whatever his fucking name is he did his fucking phd or master's degree or whatever thing he did it on that he did his fucking specialization of his studies in the fucking elders of like protocols of the elders of zion like he fucking literally studied like anti-semitic uh propaganda from like the Soviet Union. So like, that's how embedded and that's how good and effective Russian misinformation is. I hate that word misinformation. It sounds so deep state or, you know, CIA-ish, but anyway.
1: Mm. Yeah. And all, and also Putin has a well, taste of the, uh, you know, the, of uh, the mafia. <laughs> Absolutely. You Know he's got that. Uh, I mean, I mean, how he dealt with the Wagner former head of the Wagner paramilitary group, you know, uh, the Venchi, Jenny, Jenny, uh, I think that's his name. He, oh, yeah, Jenny, oh, okay, and uh, you know, uh, this guy was his cook, and uh, and then uh, and then had a this private army that was... I'm
0: trying to say Yevgeny?
1: Yeah. Okay. And uh, this private army and doing great things for, for Putin. And then he turns on him because he's not... Because the Russian military is not cooperating with him in Ukraine. And uh, he starts to revolt into Russia that just stops at the, at the steps of Moscow absolutely unheard of and putin's like oh don't worry about it i forgive you i'm gonna let all you forgive all your guys don't worry about it just continue business as normal and you know and a few months later his jet blows up in the air
0: <laughs> like that i'm just thinking you can't see but as you were telling the story my nostrils were flaring and i was just like that's like a trick <laughs> that's like a fucking trick." it's fine don't worry yeah. it's okay and that's so mafro
1: so Ooh, it's like how yes. to deal with your how to deal with your friends you know? well,
0: that's like the uh, movie before um, you kill them that's like the movie goodfellas remember yeah have you seen that movie yeah okay i've seen it like a million times but this the the part where pesci the pesci character um does a big mistake by killing a maid guy or something right because he's got like a temper and he lost control and he killed a maid guy by accident and um he had to be disciplined for that and so they were like, Oh, we're finally you're getting made and whatever, right? And he's like, Hey, mom. Blah, blah, blah. And so um, he they go into the thing and then they show like him going in there and then at the last minute he can tell, oh, wow, this is not me being made. This is me being taken out, Mm -hmm. you know? And they show you like, you know, him being shot, right? And it's like, but he, you know, and that's like, that's the game. But, you know, like, that's like when you, that's very mob, like, that's so mind fucking, like, I don't even know. It's almost like, it's like a Martin Scorsese <laughs> movie or something yeah you
1: yeah. know come here my blah blah stab stab
0: yeah. yeah well it just remind now it just reminds me of like seeing like when I was young some people from my mom's the time before our life shall we say um would come and you know like ooze into like slither into the picture. Um and you know it was like that. Like it was like I could tell like because I, I heard some of the stories, you know, that this person sitting in the kitchen was like not a nice person. But then they look nice and they're sitting there and they're like, okay, you're five. I'm five. Okay. And I just came home from school. It's like this lady, she's sitting there and she's using the sweetest voice and it's all polite. And she's saying thanks to my mom. And she's it's like, there's so much saccharine that like, you can almost feel like, <laughs> I don't know, something really weird. It's almost like like an overcompensatory thing where there's like the nicety is like there to cover up like some other stuff. I don't know at that whole, what you described with, you know, Putin being like, Oh, it's fine. You know, you're forgiven and shit. And meanwhile, he's like, you know, get, stabbing the knife in his back metaphorically. It reminds me of that it reminds me of seeing, and the people who do that, they're evil. Like they're like, really those people who are like, who are like that. And then they're like, they're covering up like a real like dastardly plot to like fuck you up the ass that's some really those, those people need to be in a locked ward like like those people are like fucking like yeah i don't know those people are like forensic psychiatric ward material in my opinion like that's some really deranged shit i don't know
1: yeah and uh you know, and talking about je- killing your your favorite journalists. I mean, uh, there's um, Anna Pletikoskaya?
0: Yes, Pol Pol Poloskaya or something like
1: yes. Poloskaya, oh, something like that. Yeah, Russians, you need to work on your names. We can't pronounce them. <laughs> Sorry, um,
0: Russians, we're, trying, <laughs> we're we're mangling trying. your names. And uh,
1: yeah, and. You know, she's just one of the large number of people that died in mysterious circumstances.
0: Politkovskaya. Anna Politkovskaya.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know. And she was a very, very prominent uh, journalist.
0: Yes. As well. Yeah. Well, you know... um, exactly
1: Mm -hmm.
0: well and then okay so you know that russia has a history of you know silencing and there's a one guy who's in jail right now what's his name evan uh what's his name help me you know um, gershkovich Mm Evan Gershkovich, who is apparently a Wall Street Journal reporter mm-hmm. who was yeah. covering Russia and he's been detained. And uh Putin, well, that was when he was asked. Putin said, Oh, he had classified information or something like that.
1: Which was given to him before he was arrested. Yeah. Convenient okay. that, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. But that's kind of like Alexei Navalny. Oh, yes, he died of sudden death syndrome. But we don't, we can't uh, let you corroborate anything. Oh yeah, we don't know where the body is. Yeah, it like, like, okay, that's really, like, the,
1: that's like the <laughs> Texas police finding bags of cocaine, cocaine in your trunk. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like
0: you know, where did
1: that come from?
0: <laughs> but isn't this just like a long? Like I said, the Russians have like they invented fucking with your head on a mass scale. Hmm. Like, you know. I don't know if they invented like, it. But, well, hmm. I mean, you know, I'm sort of being facetious. They hmm. are like one of the leading, you know, leaders in like like misinformation and, you know, distorting misinformation, just dis- distorting information dissemination. I mean, didn't Stalin think, have a, a thing called think... disinformatia?
1: Yeah. I think I think in a way it's an outshoot of um of how people, how governments controlled people, in in the nineteenth century. You yeah, know?
0: but I but, think that there just became some like, techniques that were accepted. You know, yeah, like uh,
1: specifically from the mid nineteenth century to the end, uh, go- government propaganda literally controlled everybody. I mean,
0: well, like what I from, didn't from
1: England and Germany and you know, France. What I, did, and,
0: what I yeah. found really interesting when I was can't remember why I was researching this. Um, i was kind of surprised um that austria is like sort of like you know the father or, or whatever you know the the origin story or something of like spying and stuff mm-hmm. like they had like you know when they had they toward the end of their You know, in the empire when they still had their empire, and they had to like set that up because they wanted to. You know, they were worried about like dissidents and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, right? And they had like that's like you know.
1: Yeah, they say like every every bar every pub and bar had its own secret policeman sitting in the corner, you know, listening to all the conversations and writing everything down. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's absolutely right. People would literally disappear. Uh. You know. No, 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 no court case, no, nothing. They just go to jail, straight to jail.
0: Oh, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's how stats. So that is part of. Uh, I mean, that- I guess we're a bit naive and we don't realize that that's part of statecraft, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all sorts of things about, let's, that's what I'll call it. I heard it, Um, some really smart Egyptian itel- intelligence scholar called it statecraft. So I want to sound really smart like that guy. So I'll use that word. Anyway, um so statecraft, you know, isn't just oh they collect your taxes and you know the pay, the like the, the the patriarchal or the patric the you know, the fatherly kind of you know thing that sounds all nice and fluffy and shit. It's like, you know, stocking guns. It's like um having like entire like windowless uh concrete buildings you know, in which to house like surveillance and spy shit and I don't know whatever other like things that you know you should do, you know, it's having like intelligence, it's you know knowing what who's like trying to, you know, like it's all of these terrible things that we don't like, okay, we are so like fascinated by it and horrified it by it like we make it fun of it. I mean, that's why we have spy movies and we have like, you know, okay, look Harry wrote about his experience and then Ian Fleming, you know, wrote about his. And then, you know, we make fun of it with Austin Powers. And, you know, mm. I mean, there's obviously, you know, we have 24 hour, 24 hour, you know, the Key for Sutherland show. And then we have like the Jack Ryan shit. And we have like a bunch of stuff because it freaks us out. Like I remember what I was
1: saying before, like uh Putin would be the he's like the perfect bond villain.
0: <laughs> like, like to, to trace his life, if you took a character, if you made, if you took a character and took like his life trajectory, and if you put that his life trajectory into a character, you know what I mean. So, okay, we're not talking about Vladimir Putin anymore. We're talking about some character, right? Some yeah. like Marvel character or some like Bond character or whatever, right? He can be his own thing. I mean, because okay, we have like spy um shows you know ooh, we're like the axis we're the good side the axis of good right but you know maybe like there's I don't know maybe they have shows like that and I'm dumb and I don't get out much but you know like the Russian version of James Bond so everything would be like inverted you know mm-hmm. I don't know maybe Americans would be like oh that's traitors, we can't have that but I mean I don't know. That might be like subversively interesting. I know like I, the, the cold war and everyone with their cold war, you know, paranoia, but I don't know. That's just my, like, wouldn't that be like an amusing, like, you know, story or something to just envision James Bond, but like the bad James Bond, like, you know, from the bad empire or well, like, it, well, you they know, that in, uh... Iranian James Bond or something. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> for the regime
1: oh well what's that animation show called the one with the, about the spies you,
0: the mean spy El- group. you mean elvis oh archer
1: archer because they have that character in there that he, the guy he used to work with and then he goes and he's working for the russians or something he, yeah
0: see like you know like, like that artist. like we just make that. That's what I mean. We do that because that's how we pro- we deal with that stuff, because that is like the really complex part of 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 statecraft. Like I don't see how you know you can have nation states you know operating in like a global environment without having like spies and you know all of these things like that. And sometimes you have to like have like you know, coordinated hits and things like that. I mean, some people just need to be taken out, Mm -hmm. you know, like what the fuck else are you going to do with a piece of shit, like a wild piece of shit, like Muammar Gaddafi or, you know, whatever. I mean, sometimes maybe it's not the best thing to take people like that out because you create a power vacuum, but I mean, you know i don't know i mean i'm just trying to see all sides like i'm not saying take people out but i'm just saying like that's the reality of the situation sometimes it just has to be like look at mossad i'm sure they have a list too
1: yeah so uh yeah so what do we do about dictators? T- you know
0: not be weak in the west mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and not you know dick around first of all i mean do you think that like how strong do you think it makes us look when the fucking leader of the free world is like yes um you know with his bullshit with gender you know and his leg he's just so like and you know the, the 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 pandering to islamism and you know the the reversing the the um you know, the stuff that Trump did with the, the, the money, you know, the, the sanctions and stuff, like, like just, you know, and then I hear that there's like, it's kind of like a loose ship, you know, there's some, you know, IRGC affiliated people and decision-making like inside, like at high levels that shouldn't be. And, you know, the lobby, this lobby group called NIAC national, association it's i can't remember but it's NIAC and it's like a lobby group for the regime and operates in washington and like rockefeller foundation and like you know people places like that fucking uh support that organizes it's got like a you know a 501c or like whatever you know non-profit designation and it gets like it gets donations from like big um rich foundations mm-hmm. It's like, you're funding the fucking lobby group for your enemy, are you okay? Oh, you wanna just, oh, but it's a tax. What is it? I don't, is this like a tax deduction? It's like, you're gonna support your enemies, but oh, I got a tax deduction, it's cool. Like, I don't. <laughs> I what's going on there? Like, what the hell? I don't get it. Mm. Like, I just don't, like, it's like, you know, we can say, okay, yeah, you know, the MAGA people are like Putin but bootlickers, you know, they're like, the, you know, they're getting too close to, uh, you know, liking a fascist. But I mean, what the hell are the, like, you know, what the hell are the, are the Dems doing, you know, with their like queer revolution and decolonization and shit? Well, okay. Did you not get the, <laughs> did you not get the memo that when the Marxists and the Islamists got together to have a revolution to overthrow the evil Western backed Shaw that that didn't really work out very well I mean you know we're in what year 45 of that shit now and it's really bad so like again like I don't get I don't understand why we only see one side because the other side is like not good either I don't mm-hmm. know yeah
1: yeah Maybe, maybe it's this whole concept of um, good guys versus bad guys that we have.
0: But why does you they know, they're both that, bad? Yeah,
1: but maybe, but maybe there are no good people. Yeah, maybe that's the, the whole thing. Maybe that, uh, that's the problem with our world. It you know part. You know, it's not like Hollywood portrays. You know. Well,
0: I think the other thing is that um, American foreign policy has been the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So it's like, who yeah. is the most enemy, you know? And this is like who you favor, right? So, I mean, I guess the Cold War is like back, you know, never ended or or yeah. something. And well, I don't well, know.
1: Well, a lot of the terrorism issues we have were n- nurtured by the CIA, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And there's both, you know, both, we got, I mean, you know, they talk about, Instability in South America is bringing all these refugees into the United States. Well, all of that instability was caused by CIA operations in the seventies and eighties, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and, uh, South America has never recovered. You know,
0: well, and I think that in from those my, that southern border situation, I have heard some case in some cases where that is not people just from latin and south america that those are people that have come to south america and try to go enter the states mm-hmm. that way like they have come from like asia or africa or something And yeah they landed yeah. somewhere and they've gone on the ground and they've tried to enter that way because they know that it's like a safe because there's that agreement with america has that agreement with both sides whatever they call it the safe Mm. second thing, you know, where you, you, you have, have to enter and then, and then they power. transport them to New
1: York and then they <laughs> were sending them over the Quebec border. <laughs> yes, yeah. like laughable.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it it's funny it's funny Americans go go on about, you know, the bo- the border and stuff. You know, and all the Canadian border people coming into to the border. But it goes both ways. But
0: know? see then there's the people coming through the northern border enter from the states so maybe they're coming from like Africa or whatever mm-hmm. but they are coming as visitors yeah. so and you, and you, you know go. how much rigor is being given to them and like how are you supposed to know if you're the American thing they just came to visit but really then they're actually trying to get into Canada I mean mm-hmm. I think that's what's happening you know yeah yeah Like, how do you solve that? Like we're being taken advantage of in a way. I don't want to sound like, you know, a big old conspiracy, but it is becoming, it's becoming too much, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, we're being overrun sometimes and all these little communities that are near the border, they don't have the capacity for that, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Like that's the hardest thing. Like I know, like in Manitoba, like that's just like some little town called emerson like they're just like a little border town they don't have like the hospital doesn't probably like you know open at night and shit it's like just a small okay maybe they do now but you know like this isn't like like
1: yeah i think that's the issue in texas as well as a lot of the board american border towns are really tiny and overwhelmed you know yeah yeah it's just small town
0: folk you're asking to sustain all this stuff and there's no resources so it's fine for somebody in Washington or whoever to say no you can't do this but then you know okay well what do you have what solution are you offering because these people that live in these small border towns they're they're tired (laughs) you know
1: yeah absolutely
0: so like it's really interesting you know how everyone's it's, you know getting all and we should be it's not like we can't be upset about more than one thing but it's almost like we forgot about Koshoki. you know like
1: mm-hmm.
0: like he he went into the um he went into the a consulate or whatever you call it embassy to get a paper so he could marry this woman who was waiting for him and then he gets fucking kidnapped and like you know yeah and they've, they've probably, the
1: only, probably the only person they <laughs> has not forgotten is Turkey. Yeah. And Turkey will never forget that. You know
0: that's fucked it's so crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean for a country to release a tape of its of of it you know I mean it's spying on Saudi Arabia and yeah embassy, obviously yeah and they released that tape I mean that's, yeah I
0: remember that that was that great. is wow. mind-blowing yeah
1: mm, you know we have microphones inside the your embassy Yeah. well
0: I would too you know the they were right to weren't they yeah
1: and uh, you' know <coughs> so so kudos to them for releasing that yeah they they didn't have to
0: exactly, you and know, also he was a they, Muslim and they're a Muslim country, and I'm sure that must have been a real, you know, like really conflicting uh, thing for them. and I remember listening to the interview of the Turkish um you know, head of the Turkish police or whatever, and he looked like really serious and mm-hmm. you know, because <laughs> yeah, from what I gather, um, the entire tape which obviously has not been made public um, of his you know murder is pretty horrible you know but he was you know critical you wanted reform and he was critical and so much so he felt like his you know, he was being stifled. So he left the country and he had to give up, he was married and he had kids and everything. He gave a whole everything up because he wanted Mm -hmm. to do something for his country. You know, he was like in the inner circle, you know, this is like somebody who's in tight with like, you know, a high like level washington you know person you know if you take the equivalent to the states right mm. and he was like completely exiled and then he still wasn't enough he was killed yeah wasn't wasn't he actually a,
1: like a minor member of the royalty he was part of the circle yeah
0: yeah like i think his dad is an, he was aristocracy and his dad was like an arms trader or something like that i don't know his and he had like some connection to bin laden okay. and the yeah. you know that that kind of thing yeah like he was from the top
1: mm-hmm. you know yeah but well, i guess you have to toe toe the line yeah i mean you know i mean look at the english system i mean the, the old english system and you basically had to toe the line there too if you started the show, I mean, that's what basically happened to Churchill before World War II. <laughs> you know, he started to yeah. have his own opinions about yeah. things and he was very strong about his opinions and and uh, people just called him a warmonger and told him to, you know, basically retire. You know, yeah. you know they didn't want anything to do with or before World War II.
0: Yeah, there's some people you can only have in power when you're at war and then when there's no war you need to take yeah. them out.
1: And, and I think he's one of those people who... You didn't even know you needed him until they put him. <laughs> but exactly. Nobody,
0: well, know. it sort of takes one to know one, right? Like he could mm-hmm. spot who Hitler was because he has a bit of that in his, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I
1: guess that's the thing with how do you kill a a fascist or a dictator? Is you have to get you have to put something or somebody, who's almost as narcissistic <laughs> to to stand up to them.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: <clears throat> no, that's why the Russians got to Berlin. Yeah. They 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 were they were more brutal than the than the fascists.
0: Yeah, like and that's the thing, when you sit there, people seem to be, especially Americans, because they're so far removed from that, seem to be unable to hold like a dual a dual portrait of someone in their head, you know, because if they say, Oh, look at, well, Tucker Carlson sitting there with that guy, he can't be that bad. But yeah, he is that bad. Mm -hmm. And he did do those bad things. But he is sitting there talking to you about some boring, um, delusional version of Russian history and saying all these things. And you could almost be sympathetic and talk to him and have a conversation with him. But he's still that doesn't mean that he's not a brutal... Psychopathic yeah. killer, like do both of those things are true, like you know,
1: <clears throat> yeah. You never know. You might have been hoping that Chuck, Tucker Carlson would have, just stopped him and said, "Hey, what you're saying is bullshit." I, mean, you, I think you might have been impressed with that, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, That's crazy. But uh, you know, I don't. I don't think um, Russian history was uh, Carlson's uh, forte.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I
1: don't know either. You know, it's not my forte. Eh? I mean, I was listening to Putin and I knew he was bullshitting, but I didn't know how he was bullshitting.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that stuff he said about, oh, you know, Poland and then oh, yeah, Germany that, that. and all uh, that was clearly. Well, bullshitting. That, that was clear. Yeah. yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. Fuck. yeah. But, but it
1: turns out almost everything yeah, was Hispanic everything. He's, yeah, <laughs> from
0: what I gather, even the earlier things were just horseshit.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, like yeah. look
0: at I'm looking at some site called death penalty info uh October the 12th 2023, okay? Mm-hmm. So Saudi Arabia carried out the 100th execution this year on September the 8th 2023. Mm-hmm.
1: Um
0: and uh There were many some whose young men who were under eighteen at the times of their crime.
1: Well United States has one distinction with a small group of countries in the world. It's one of the it's one of the few countries that has children on death row. Well, yeah,
0: it has executed children in the past, hasn't oh,
1: it? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm talking about anybody who's, you know, anybody who's under the age of eighteen, because they try get children for, uh, as adults for a murder. Mm. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, it's weird how <clears throat> there's like kind of like a horseshoe, you know. Now in our political spectrum, um, where they there's like you know, to, you know let's use the CIA term. Let's use the CIA guys' term, bootlicker. So there are the Putin bootlickers, and then there are the Islamo-fascist bootlickers, or the Islamo-Marxist bootlickers. Mm. So you know, there's the the putin fascist bootlickers and then there's the you know far right um you know social justice warrior islamo-marxist bootlickers and like they both seem like really horrible pillars and then there's like a small like center portion of normal people that don't have brain worms that's kind of how i see it how do you see it
1: hmm <laughs> the bookworms.
0: <laughs> Brain worms. Brainworms. Brainworms. That's my word for propaganda. Mm. Because you know, the the Putin fascist bootlickers, um, the oh Putin and fa- the fascist um clan is so much better than this woke bullshit club, are as bad as the oh the islamo-marxists are and their mullah weirdness are so much better than this you know colonial capitalist disparity bullshit i mean it's kind of like the same thing they're just like self-loathing little ninny goats who just hate you know (laughs) they just hate the system and they don't know what to do so they're they got brain worms or something i don't know
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like but isn't that sort of like part of the way that a lot of propaganda that targets canada and the united states isn't that how they work they they try to prey on like you know uh regional differences or like you know ideological or party differences you know like in the states there's like you know the conservative the GOP versus the democrats you know Mm -hmm. there's left versus the right and then you know Canada there's like west versus east and stuff like don't you think that there's like if there are like operatives from the you know evil regime states that they're all you know creating like content and creating like ideas and things that are going to exploit all of these conflicts that are existing
1: well it's interesting how um there's lots of conflicts and there's lots of crimes against humanity being committed but it's interesting how they're politically used as leverage because most of those events are unheard of
0: exactly we only hear of the ones where they're being used to commit you know to wage lawfare right which is like okay we don't have weapons so we can't fight you know we can't fight the israeli army that way but oh we can weaponize you know this thing that happened and meanwhile you know there's a bunch of other things that happen happening in africa but we don't care about that because there's no you know political leverage to be gained from that so like it's so becoming so obvious that the UN and all of these, you know, agencies who, you know, are say, Oh yes, we're for, you know, global human rights. They've just become twisted and they've just become like, they become like the Borg, you know, now this is like the wrong podcast for this. This is like a crossover episode. Maybe, I don't know. Oops. But they've become like, you know, they become like the Borg. They've just become for their own purpose and, You know, now all the, you know, they say, oh, yes, we're. They say, oh, yes, we are doing this for human rights and stuff, but really, they have their own agenda and everything's just become Mm -hmm. twisted by their own thing. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to interject when I said United States is actually executing children. Actually, that was stopped in 2005.
0: Okay. That's good.
1: Yeah, but uh, before that, they had um, twenty-two executions of of um, people who committed crimes as juveniles, and I guess their argument was is because they tried them as adults, then they could execute them as adults.
0: How many were black?
1: Uh, if I look, it's I'd say it's almost half and half.
0: Oh. Yeah, not surprising. I would expect it to be more than that.
1: Mm. Yeah, but uh, a lot of these are in Texas. Texas is the biggest. No, no, no. thing, But uh, yeah, looking at it, no, actually, I would say, yeah, there's a few more blacks and more whites. But it's <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. There are a lot of whites.
0: It's probably a classic thing too. I'd imagine that most of those. Oh, absolutely. Are yeah. Just you know, so. Well, it was the only. Like they didn't the have recent, a
1: chance. Only recently, you had that uh, that guy. Where was that? Was that in South Carolina or somewhere mm-hmm. where he killed his family? And he was a very prominent person in in the in the town society. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so let's. Was,
0: sorry go ahead and
1: that's very rare that you get somebody of that stature who's
0: actually so let's go back to like putin and how everyone's really weirded out that somebody who you know the banal tucker carlson interviewed you know just killed a guy that he had in jail and like we are like okay like that's like i think a lot of people are just really that's kind of messing with people's heads right mm. unless you're like there's a lot of people who come from russia or ukrainian or that you know iron curtain country that they're like they know but okay so it's really weird is my point right but this is kind of like the banality of evil thing that we're not going to really go too much into because we have like a whole thing like a whole episode where we're going to talk about it but mm. like You know, I'm just going to mention just briefly, like, you know, I'm looking at like some diary, looking at some of the diaries recently, like within like 2016, there was a discovery, a big cache of private papers found in Israel. Um, They were the private papers of Himmler and lots of like his work calendar and his papers and letters and stuff. And he like, you know would be like oh he would know he would be like going to inspect um the very first like the starting of Zyklon B you know because they were stepping up the extermination program so on the day that that was happening he would write he wrote his wife and daughter and be like uh okay well i'm off to auschwitz now i love you love you kisses love your honey and then whatever right and it's so like you know just talks about like oh yeah i'm, I'm making it up because i just can't remember but let's just say oh yeah you know we had like watermelon for for, bre- for for breakfast and oh you know i saw a bird you know the other day it's just like really like stuff that you would like t- tell your if you were away you know, in that, if you were away from, you know, from home, at, you know, and you were writing your daily letter or something and you would just be like, okay, we did this, we did that. And just like the mundane, banal thing. And if you read this diary, you would be like, okay, this is like the, this is like the, like the architect of the mass murder of Jews. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the guy who was like, how can we kill more people? this is like this guy's diary and he's writing about you know stuff to his kid and oh yeah love you you know you're love your hiney and like oh dear you know he calls his daughter poopy like you know like pop it right and it's like wow like it's just like this is like a fucking cold you know like just like a cold hearted killer who is like you know doesn't mm. like have any fucks to give for anyone who just rules with you know precision and like cruelty like writing these like no letters well, it'd, it'd like, having
1: a, like having a convention for uh mafia hitmen <laughs> you know what would they talk about at the tables you know
0: well it's like uh, the, you know it's like the thing um what's that show that james gandolfini was in you know, the um, in the New Jersey, and uh, the oh,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: okay, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, oh, I've never seen God. that.
0: Um, anyway, like mm-hmm. he seems like a nice guy, yeah, right? Like, you know, he seems like oh, like he's you know, his wife and like whatever, Sopranos, yeah, okay, I've never Tony seen Soprano seems like a regular, you know husband and like you know a dad and shit right yeah okay he's got some business to take care of like but okay like hollywood that's hollywood manipulating you and but it makes you think that like sometimes these really bad people can like they're humans they live human lives and they like think mundane banal Thoughts like that's what Hannah Arendt was trying to point out with her in her book uh okay you know what I'm talking about she wrote about Eichmann Mm. okay let me look it up because I don't um remember but it was about um Eichmann because Eichmann is not um like I think she was talking about like Eichmann in Jerusalem or something like he's not he he was not like this total zealot guy he wasn't like this freak who was like lusting for blood or like he was just like this guy right like he was just like some banal guy who just was like not particularly like remarkable you know and like the whole argument have you read this book do you know what i'm talking about and she's the one that coined that phrase the banality of evil and like that's the really what makes evil, that's what make that's what powers evil. And that's, I mean, you grew up in that area, you probably heard that too. Um Frank, Victor Frankel or one of those people said, like, you know, evil, you know, what makes evil keep going is the fact that good men say nothing, right? Right. Like, so like they're not particularly bad. They don't like, you know. You know they didn't have like serial killer thoughts and they haven't like you know have this distorted you know thinking pattern they just like you know were passive and they just were like unable to like a lot of people now you know what i mean there's a lot of people now who don't actually like really believe you know that like all you know in this whole like settler thing or like you know the you know people with penises and all this stuff like that there's lots of people like most people don't think that you know like <clears throat> puberty blockers should be a thing and stuff I mean we've already that's not a secret The the research the polls are saying like 80 percent of Canadians disagree with that but you wouldn't know that I mean, you don't see 80% of Canadians in the street saying, hey, we want this changed and demanding for change. You see like, you know, maybe 10 or 20% of people because most people are, you know, those good people who don't wanna say anything because they don't want, you know, people to know and they, you know, they don't wanna talk about it. And, you know, because then they get, they get isolated and at work and they get mistreated and maybe they get fired or, you know, whatever, right? And I mean, isn't that like part of the, what powers the banality of evil that, you know, not everybody believes that this should be a thing, but that because of the loud minority and really authoritarian minority that that happens. And this whole notion of you know the intellectual elite, you know the people that have—that's maybe the danger with the professional class. They have so many tools, like intellectual tools, at their disposal to, um, like justify and excuse and rationalize.
1: Yeah. Well, if you think about it, it wasn't until by the '60s that. If you're from the working class, they actually had a voice that could be taken seriously, you exactly. know. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, it, and that had a lot to do with the pop musicians as well. I mean, people, you know, people like John Lennon and stuff like that, speaking out, and and in uh, the state side you had you know folk folk musicians, Pete Seeger and people like that, uh, they were speaking out, you know, civil rights and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But before that, it was like that you stay in your place. We know better. We know we know what's going on. You don't worry about it. You know, you stay in your place, you know.
0: Yeah. Like I'm reading this the Wikipedia entry on Eichmann in Jerusalem. Eichmann's inability to think for himself was exemplified by his consistent use of stock phrases and self invented cliches, the man demonstrated his unrealistic worldview and crippling lack of communication skills through the reliance on official and euphemistic Sprachling uh, convention speech. Mm. Um, So, like you know, euphemisms, woke speech—that's what we call it today—that made implementations of Hitler's policy somewhat palatable. While Eichmann might have had his anti-Semitic leanings, Arend argued that he showed no case of insane hatred of Jews, a fanatical anti-Semitism or indoctrination of any kind. You know, unlike Himmler and Go uh, Go uh, Goering and Goebbels, he personally never had anything, whatever against the Jews he was a joiner his entire life in that he constantly joined organizations in order to defend define himself and had difficulty thinking for himself without doing so like that describes just about your average person doesn't it yeah like is not do you remember being a kid and you know being in class and being asked a question or something And then, um, you you know, you're supposed to put up your hand. And what does everyone Mm do? Do you remember? I remember, Mm -hmm. like, looking around, oh, who's the, because you want to know who's Mm -hmm. doing it first, right?
1: Mm -hmm. I've I've mm -hmm. the funniest part is uh, when everyone puts their hand up, nobody knows the answer. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: But I usually remember the other way, you know?
1: Yeah, but it's a good tactic because you know one of you slups is gonna be chosen to be put on the spot. But none of you look like stupid if everyone got to.
0: yeah, that's got a good strategy, but I usually have been in the really super uber passive places where people look around. Even the people, like there are some of us that knew the answer. I'm guilty of this. When I was when I was like, you know, eleven or twelve, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know the answer. And I would like not raise my hand and I no like not say the answer i don't even know why i am ask myself that now and i would be like what, the what like what was going through my head that like i didn't and i remember the teacher was like really like animated he was like this guy this guy from like trinidad and he was like really like you know the west indian caribbean like like strict you know sort of like my dad but like a bit more um and like he would raise his voice and he was like really you didn't fuck with his shit and he would like ask the question and i think he knew that i knew the answer and i was like i don't know why i'm i think maybe that was like you know how they say that sometimes so, like there's like selective like or there's like sometimes kids um like they just have mute mutism like you just cannot like you can't speak Like, I don't know if that's what it was, but I just remember, like, I knew the answer. Like, I knew what it was. I could tell it's not, I didn't know. I just couldn't, I just couldn't say. (laughs) That's weird. And maybe that's like, maybe that happens to people. Maybe that's like, like, you know, it's easy for us to sit here and judge, oh, people are cowards and never said anything. They're Everyone's complicit. But like, like, there's all sorts of like processes going on in our brains. And like, there's all sorts of, you know things that happen that we don't see. You know people have moms and they have wives and and brothers and kids and they have like you know you know you know groups that they belong to and neighbors and they have to live their lives, right? Not yeah. everybody can stand up and be the big champion and you know be the big <laughs> be the big. Well,
1: it takes a lot to stand up. Well, well, we talked about that before in the other. Well, pod, another podcast another uh, podcast about the individual standing up yeah. against the, yeah, the crowd. I mean, that's well, that's a big position to take.
0: Well, that's kind of like in our Borg thing. That's basically what the, I think that's what the whole narrative and the whole story of the Borg is supposed to represent. The almost sometimes, you know, like the whole mantra of resistance is futile. Mm-hmm. You know. And then, oh, like our friend Lee says, well, is it, you know, is it really futile? But, you know, I mean, that's like what that is meant to be. Like, you're Mm -hmm. just one person against the tide, right? It's like, you know, the farting into thunder or whatever. You sometimes feel like that. One person against everyone. David and Goliath, if you Mm -hmm. want to use a Jewish, you know, story. There you go. There's the Bible again. See, I told you, you can't ever get away from the Bible when you're in the West. There's always... Every story will take you back there.
1: Yeah. I suppose um, Trump hasn't used, used that slogan. You know, resistance <laughs> is futile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should have that on a red hat.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. It's quarter two. Do we need to uh... wrap up? Yeah. Yeah. Should wrap up. Yeah. so yeah like i just find it really interesting my i understand obviously you know but i'm not surprised like i said last week he's a killer he killed litvinenko he does this okay he's that person he stayed in power for 25 years you don't stay in power for that long without you know being it's interesting it's
1: interesting his paranoia around the people around him and not so much around him, but his critics and stuff, yeah, but and I just and uh, Stalin was the same way and people disappear, yes, you know.
0: yes he he limited all of all of his opposition, every yeah. one of them. I like, still want know. to see
1: that Polish film about the death of Stalin, yeah, where he dies and then he's he's decimated all the people around him so much that they're absolutely clueless of what to do <laughs> that's
0: crazy. but yeah. so I just find it really interesting how like there is that you know, Putin. But then there's like the other guy, but we're ignoring all of his atrocities and all of his brutalities and all of, you know, his, you know, human rights violations and his, you know, brutal murder of a journalist, American resident, by the way, because, oh, he's a friend. Mm -hmm. like you know it's kind of like okay this is the bad tyrant and this is the good tyrant but they're the same but yes this one's good because he's our ally Mm. but why is he your ally yeah
1: i think i think it comes from second world war yeah Saudi arabia was the only one that just said hey you know what we don't trust the germans
0: but I think you're no. right. And the Cold and, War never and, ended. And, or and, the,
1: and what did they get out of it? They got Mecca.
0: And can we talk about that before we end? We talk about the fact that the actual true heir to Mecca and Medina mm-hmm. is not that um, killer of Khashoggi. It is the King of Jordan. It is the Hashemites who are in the ki- in the king of jordan they're the ones that were responsible for the holy sites so you know well we're talking about like you know land back and you know colonization and like settlers and like you know canceling a monarchy and a bit of a right mm-hmm just a fun fact for everyone so like it's really interesting too i did notice when i was in the muslim world that's like a nobody talks about that nobody talks about the fact that the actual real one who's entitled to mecca and medina is the king of jordan
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that like the whole wahhabism thing is like a fucking like it's a grift it's a fucking thing is like not anything but anyway i guess we've had we've we pretty much we pretty much got, got them back there and back again right yeah <laughs> all right all right